to Unspec, where you'll hear stories that bring you closer to the globe. You know me by now, Fariba Nawa, your host. This is kind of a surprise chat we're dropping you, just to enjoy. Next week, we'll take you to Arkansas with Alice Driver for our next episode. But today, we're going to replay an interview that Suno India did with the makers of our India episode, Love in Times of Hate. That's with Prachi Pingle Plummer and Konal Shankar, who produced this story. Suno India is an up-and-coming podcast network in India. They are multilingual and multigenerational. Suno India shines a spotlight on underrepresented and underreported stories using audio as a medium. They are independent, like OnSpec, well-researched, like OnSpec, and personal, like OnSpec. So you see why we collaborated with them. Check out their podcast and listen to what Konal and Prachi had to say about making this documentary. And if you haven't heard our episode, you're missing out. You can find it on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. It says that there are three eyewitnesses who saw a clerk and his son kill a calf and slit its throat. On the incredible contribution of the Tablighi Jamaat Markas in making India's corona curve so steep and that too so sudden. One of the Bihar Love Jihad victims Atira has made a massive revelation. What you're hearing is the cacophony of fake news in India. And as a journalist, my job keeps getting harder. This is the beginning of the episode Love in the Times of Hate. The episode will be released on the podcast On Spec, an independent podcasting platform based in Istanbul, Turkey. This On Spec episode takes on the complex subject of fake news in India and how it aggravates animosity between religious groups. In this episode, Suno India collaborated with Onspec and spoke to the reporter and producer of the episode. Hi, I'm Menaka Rao. I'm speaking with Prachi Pingle, the reporter, and Kunal Shankar, who produced the show. The episode will be released on April 3rd. We will put a link of this podcast in our show notes. I want to make a disclaimer first. Prachi is a close friend of mine and we worked alongside in Mumbai. Getting back to the podcast, I asked Prachi what the podcast is about and how she went about reporting for it. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically this season of uh, OnSpec uh, is about disinformation and how fake news affects uh, different uh, issues and, you know, areas of uh, different countries. So for India, what we focused on was how uh, disinformation and fake news has uh, some in some ways accentuated and aggravated hate crime against Muslims. We've always had a history of uh, communal tensions, but... Uh, how disinformation, technology and fake news, all of it when they come together and fuel into the old biases and prejudices and um, systemic uh, political machinery also decides to use it. We had several discussions and you know we looked at several incidents that had happened in the past few years, which point to use of disinformation and fake news and uh, have led to communal violence. So we looked at... Uh, 
the Delhi communal violence, we looked at mob lynchings, we looked at different places where isolated incidents had happened. We have always looked at these communal tensions as something that is kind of uh, aggravated and fueled and done by fringe groups. But is it really that, you know, and uh, how how all this becomes an acceptable thing because of use of disinformation and technology, such as, you know, when you see all the forwards that are uh, sent out on different platforms of social media, whether it is WhatsApp, uh, Twitter, or, you know, Facebook, and how that further leads to violence and and how it also leads to uh, acceptance of violence in some ways. So we kind of explored all of these issues and uh, we met a lot of people uh, who were working in these areas in some way or the other. So we uh, first of all, we met um, the riot victim, you know, whose family had had to uh, leave and uh, stay in relief camp for a long time before they could come back and how they feel unsafe in the current atmosphere. Autumn weather in Delhi, India's capital, has a pleasant breeze. I flew two hours to get here from Bangalore to meet baby Arsh and his family. That's him you're hearing. Arsh was born in a relief camp last March, one of the many that sprung up in Delhi back then to house Muslims. Prachi also met Harsh Mandar, a peace activist who also runs Karwai-e-Mohabbat or Caravan of Love. He explained to her that communal violence or riots as they are called are pogroms and can always be stalled in a few hours if there is political will to do so. She also spoke to Pratik Sinha of Alt News, which debunks fake news. So there were a few things that we discovered, uh, which was that, you know, we already have pre-existing biases in our society. The state or the political machinery is actually able to use technological tools to kind of further that and use it to their advantage. So we uh, discovered that and how that really, you know, impacts everyone. Kunal, who worked with Prachi in editing and producing the show, looked at the ways in which fake news is produced in the country. He has about 20 years' experience as a journalist and editor with various news organizations. When we set out to do this story, um, we had a larger narrative of, or at least in our minds, we thought that it is very largely the result of social media which is unregulated and unmediated um, and doesn't go through the checks and balances of what we call a traditional newsroom be it newspapers or tv largely in india we were schooled and experienced in this process where you relay what's happening in your respective beats or you know like for instance i handled uh, the Tamil Nadu Bureau for uh, News X, um, gosh, ten, more than 10 years ago. And I was the chief Supreme Court reporter for uh, India Today uh, subsequently. And But our job is to relay what's happening in the court, to keep, provide perspective. And there's a layer of fact-checking and editing that goes on at the desk um, before that news is put out. Um, and for the most part, a good number of uh, media organizations take that process quite seriously. I came away realizing that 
it wasn't really social media that began this process of disinformation. In fact, it was very much embedded within traditional media spaces where this disinformation kind of began. It was within really disingenuous, dishonest editorial positions, um, highly polarizing positions that media organizations began taking and often relayed news, which was unverified, not fact-checked, and allowed for eyeballs um, uh, because viewership and, and readership were the driving force at one point, particularly. I was dismayed to see that I was finding most of it in what we might call as traditional media organizations. Um, it was, of course, largely very much within the right-wing ecosystem, but I would say that there were enough even within attempted objective media organizations which had not entirely verified some of the facts and I would blame that on competitive journalism practices today and also sort of silence unwritten censorship uh, because of persecution um, and attempted persecution by central governments and state governments. Uh, as a journalist who's been a journalist for 20 years now it, it really felt that um, there is much course correction that we need to do while we equally blame the unregulated media space, which is the social media, and an attempt to sort of bring a semblance of democratizing way of journalism in public spaces. Whatever said and done, um, good journalism still allows for uh, a probing look at social issues, uh, holding power to account. What gives the episode depth is the unique exploration of how this kind of disinformation affected Prachi herself, both as a journalist and as a person who is in an interfaith marriage. I became a character in this uh, podcast uh, for the first time in my life uh, from a journalistic point of view. I also became a character in the story, which was very new for me because uh, uh, we are an interfaith couple and, and I also spoke about how I make sense of what's going on in, in our surroundings and how much all of this is really affecting us as a family as well. I'm a Hindu and I'm married to Mustafa. He's my closest friend, a fellow journalist and a Muslim. We have a two-year-old son, Noor, the light of our lives. As journalists, we are trained to cover the news dispassionately. But for the first time, I feel chronic anxiety. Kunal said that the narrative of Love Jihad affects the reporter in this case. Love Jihad is a conspiracy theory where Muslim men marry Hindu women only to convert them. Given the vitiated religious climate that has existed in India over the past seven years, ever since most Prime Minister Narendra Modi came to power, it has had a bearing on interfaith couples and uh, families uh, quite starkly. And what happens when that is actually a journalist? Um, how does it affect her job in while reporting? Um, what does it make her feel about her own family, uh, about the safety of her child? 
Prachi is a senior reporter for the past two decades. She has covered issues ranging from politics, sports to agrarian crisis. In all these years, she stuck to the traditional form of journalism, where reporter is a dispassionate observer and is really out of the question. I asked her how talking about herself in the story felt like. When we first started working on the story, I was not very sure of how much of uh, what I feel will be part of the story because that time we were really trying to focus on the communal violence and mob lynching. But uh, as we worked uh, on the story and as we started to see what's really going on, there were so many things that were directly beginning to affect me as a family also. And um, it made sense to kind of put our anxieties out there to also put our reassurances out there, you know. For a long time, the, the discussions have always been about some kind of, you know, policies or news developments or laws. And we kind of don't really articulate our everyday life anxieties and which are very real. So while I was working on the story and I was still talking to my editor, Fariba Nawan, at some point in, in the story, I, I in fact started telling her that, no, I think I want to put myself out there because I think it is important that people hear about it, you know, that people should know about what what we feel and how we really, uh, how we face everyday life when, when these things happen, uh, which we feel are happening somewhere else, but but they still affect us. The initial idea of the podcast was to try get two sides, the Hindutva extremist and the ones who believe in the idea of secular India. The initial format of the podcast was to actually try and get the two sides to talk to each other. But I could not uh, really manage to get the two sides to sit together and talk because people weren't really comfortable with that. But we made a real effort to also talk to people who believe um, by the propaganda and believe in, in the stereotypes or the prejudices that are um, spoken about and circulated about Muslims in our country. So uh, I also interviewed uh, a person who, I mean, who who's a Kashmiri Pandit, but he also believed uh, a lot of uh, what is being said uh, these days. And, and you know, uh, so I we tried to make an effort to kind of reach out and to understand where it comes from and why is it so. Uh, so that was also an, a very important part of this podcast, uh, not just to give uh, a contrived sense of balance as such, but it's, uh, it's truly trying to see whether, the, whether a dialogue is possible. Then a friend introduced me to Sushil Pandit. Uh, I'm... Uh... A Kashmiri Hindu, I come from Srinagar mm -hmm. and uh, my family had to move here because of uh, the discrimination there. In this part of the podcast, Prachi tries to unravel the different biases Pandit has against Muslims and is eventually exhausted by the effort. I can tell you that uh, we, I, I think the gap is really widened too much now. Even my interview that I did with the um, Kashmiri Pandit, it wasn't easy to do it because I had to listen to all the, uh, all the beliefs that are um, 
it's quite disturbing you know and and i know that it was it isn't just him who who has those beliefs so having um having to go go through with that was also an a sort of an experience i would say objectivity as many people understand is beyond looking at both sides of the story prachi said we've always been kind of trained to cover all angles and and there is value to that i'm not uh, i'm not denying that but objectivity doesn't mean just being being blind to what is being said or being blind to what is happening around us so and especially with the way propaganda is now reaching us you really see what is happening around us and you feel there's so much of falsehoods being um being just dumped on everybody all the time and you know i mean it it comes on your phone it comes on your tv it's everywhere so it has become so hard to uh, even um, do basic normal uh, good old journalism that we used to do and that is getting amplified much much faster than what you may have done we've also been trained to focus on the most vulnerable and the most uh, either uh, the ones who are on um, underprivileged or you know we've also been so objectivity is also about that right in, in terms of power like who who has more power and who uses it and for what uh, so if one can be objective uh, even today uh, if one wants to really go into the depths of every story and then the power equations and how propaganda works it will all emerge with all the objectivity and nuances but but is there space for that the initial question prachi set out to ask in this podcast is whether love stands a chance in these times of hatred she went through the grind of hearing hateful speech both in fake news and from people such as sushil pandit the question that i set out to ask is love possible and the short answer to that is yes but you know there is a price to pay and 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 that is a huge price actually and i really wonder whether we all as uh, um citizens are we as human beings um willing to to kind of take a stand and make it count i really feel the overall level of uh, disconnect and hatred has increased so much and i wish i was imagining it and i wish it is what it isn't real but i really feel this level of uh, disconnect and hatred for each other not just among hindus and muslims but but various communities i think casteism is on the rise i feel uh, 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 rejection of each other uh, is 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 actually increasing i want to be hopeful because i want to be you know because i believe that india stands for something and the constitution uh, stands for something and I, and i really want to uphold those values and i do and i'm willing to go through with the fight if it requires that but but i don't think it's a very easy time uh, what is really heartening is that you know is that people that that you find love and support from unexpected quarters i think that was something that really touched me in this whole journey uh we have always known that you know when we we we've covered so many things i mean you and i have met so many uh people and and victims of violence also and so we know how people are so warm and affectionate but 
but it really mattered to me uh, to kind of rediscover that all over again uh, in some ways and uh, but at the same time i must say that that the hatred that i can uh, see all around us is is very palpable it's very real love does stand a chance but it, it's going to be a fight i think Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.